All right, good afternoon. And again, praises God uh, again for his greatness, his goodness, his mercy, his truth, and his peace. I can't tell you, and I say it often, and I hope you actually take it to be serious. The Lord has shown up been good, and uh, his mercy endures forever. Uh, I never get tired of saying that because I'm a continual witness to the goodness and the grace of God. Every day I'm able to rise regards to aches and pains and see a brand new day and have a reasonable portion of my mind, my health, and my strength. I'm grateful to God for everything that he's done. Uh, and every day truly is a day of thanksgiving. Hope that you'll keep that in mind as you go through the day. Uh, in in uh, Saginaw, Michigan, it's about 23 degrees. It's cold and windy. But the Lord is still good. The Lord is still good. There's tornadoes in places, volcanoes active in other places, and all these other things. But the Lord is still good. And so we thank God for all that he's done. It's always about perspective, okay? Instead of finding reasons to complain, count your blessings. That's what we have to learn how to do. I hope that we'll do that as we go through the year, as we think about things going on. Hey, let's continue to pray for our sick and shut in. Let's remember the Simmons family, uh, brother uh, William Simmons' uh, brother passed away. Um, that funeral is actually going to be here next Friday. Going to be here next Friday. I believe it's at 11 o'clock. So that means that we will probably pre-record the prayer service for those of you who may not attend that service. But we do want you to be in prayer for him. Sister Barbara McCall, I want you to be praying for her. Uh, Brother Daniel, a friend of ours who watches us uh, faithfully down, I think, in the Arkansas region. We are praying for him. We've got, uh, again, those in Chicago and in Illinois, the state of Illinois. Uh, got, uh, again, members in California, Minneapolis, um, uh, again, North and South Carolina, Florida. Uh, we've got, again, those in Ohio and Georgia and, um, again, Washington and Kansas, Mississippi, Texas, Nashville, Tennessee. We've got members, again, family and supporters uh, right here in the city of Saginaw, Battle Creek, Portage, Ann Arbor. We've got all of those uh, that we want, again, to know that we are uh, Midland. We're, we're certainly appreciative that you chime in. Uh, Portage, again, um, Kalamazoo, we are grateful for all of you that chime in week and uh, week in and week out. Remember those on our sick list. I won't try to call the names. I'm just saying remember them. If you are a virtual listener in a different city or state and you like a copy of our bulletin that we hand out every week, I need you to email us. All right, New Life 1401 Janes, J A N E S, at yahoo.com. We will send you the bulletin every week so that you have it. We'll send it uh, via email. Uh, you'd have to open up the Word document itself, and that way you can see the sick list, you can see some of the activities and events and things going on, so you can keep abreast of what's going on. Okay? So those are some things I want you to keep in mind. Uh, the governor was in uh, our city on today, again, taunting the great work that has been done. It was great, again, to see her and to be a part of that group that met with her on today. Uh, again, grateful uh, that we are doing some great things. So keep praying for us. Keep praying for our community. Uh, I still want to say to you that there is an effort to bring additional marijuana stores in our community. I'm totally against them, um, and I'm totally against them because, number one, they're only putting them on one side of the city. That's the east side where most people of color live. I have a problem with that, and I hope you do as well. Um, I hope you have a problem with the fact that they're here. They're not in the township because the township made it clear they did not want them. The city, however, did not say that. And now we've got five, six, seven, eight One's being sued right now, I believe, um, in our community. There's one less than three blocks up the road from our church. Okay? Uh, I'm not a proponent of that, and I just want you to know that off the, off the top. I'm not a proponent. I will continue to fight them uh, because all they do is bring uh, darkness and harm to our community. 
at the end of the day, when they have drained this community, they will leave and that building will remain empty. Instead of doing that, let's put some vegetable markets. Let's put some food markets. We do know that this is a food desert, meaning this area. We don't even have a big box store here. We don't have a Myers or Walmart on the east side of this, um, of this city. We literally have to travel five to ten miles just to get groceries, and that's unfair. Um, that shows a city that has no vision. They're not interested in that because they're not interested in improving what we have here. And I hope that you will join me uh, again uh, and make the pleas to the city manager, Tim Morales, uh, the city mayor, Brenda Moore, start reaching out to them, telling them they need to do something different for our part of the city. Okay? So those are some of the things I want you to be aware of that's going on. You are aware right now in Memphis, Tennessee, that somewhere, sometime today, the country will view the videotape of five police officers who brutally beat a person of color. Five black police officers beat a black man to death. They beat him to death. That will go on. I'm hoping that you will pray. I hope that you'll pray for the city uh, of Memphis. Pray for the state itself. Pray for our country. Because when you see stuff like that, it angers us. Here's what I'm saying. Channel that anger into improving your neighborhood. Channel that anger into improving your community. Channel your anger into talking to your nephews and nieces that are out there on drugs or gangs and living uh, worthless lives. Channel that anger to be an encouragement to them. We can do our part. I need you to do that. Okay? That's what we should be focusing our energy. Start volunteering in the schools. Start volunteering in the schools. Okay? If you want to make a difference, let's start right here. All right. Hey, today, um, um, today I want to talk about um, giving God your very best. This is part one, which says there's a part two, maybe a part three that might be coming. All right. Uh, Ministry of, of Defense, uh, you know, we meet tomorrow, Mission in the City. You know, we meet tomorrow, just an FYI. Uh, be aware of that. We do meet tomorrow, 1 at 11, I think 1 at 10, I think 1 at 11 or something like that. Look in the calendar. You'll see it. All right? Look in the calendar. Um, I have heard, this is me, I have heard people, I know you have too, when acknowledging an achievement, uh, buying something of considerable value, uh, I have heard um, uh, when people have gotten a promotion or they finally taken a trip or gone on a cruise or bought a ring or whatever, I've heard people say, you know what, you really deserve the best. You know, you, you've earned it. You deserve it. You know, you've worked hard, et cetera, et cetera, right? I'm sure you've heard that. Now, <laughs> I will not disagree with that. I will not disagree with that. But have we considered that God deserves our very best. After all he's done for us, okay, let me reverse that, say it again. After all he is doing for us, okay? Have we considered that, that God deserves our very best? And not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, but that every day God gives us breath, we ought to give God our very best. Ever thought about that? And, you know, as we forge forward into 2023, I want to challenge you, all right? And notice I'm doing a lot of challenging because I think at some point we need to hold each other accountable and responsible for being different than we were last year. 
One of the nuggets I think I put in the bulletin, if it's not in there, it might be in tomorrow. It says something to the effect of, if nothing is changed, um, if nothing is changed, then you have wasted an entire year of your life. Some, something to that effect. The point of what it's saying is, in the last year, what has changed for the better in you? All right? And so as we forge forward, I challenge you, as we build God's people for kingdom work uh, going forward, uh, that we strive to give God our very best in everything. All right? Um, and I believe that as we give God our very best, we're going to accomplish his will and we're going to transform lives. One of those being me, one of those being everybody else. Every day you wake up, I hope your desire is to give God your very best through your prayer, your praise, your worship, your service, your witnessing, your sacrificing, your compassion, your long-suffering. I pray that you'll give God your very best. All right? I want to give you a couple nuggets. I said this is part one, which means there's another part coming, so just stay tuned for that. All right? Uh, number one, giving God your best means first and foremost viewing your relationship with God the way he does with you. All right. Giving your best means viewing your relationship with God the way he does. Now, I added with you on there, but that pretty much says it right there. How do you actually view your relationship with God? That says volumes right there. L let me give you a scripture. Uh, Romans chapter number 12, uh, verse 1 and 2. And this is what it says. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Underline that, holy and acceptable unto God. Underline that, okay, which is your reasonable service. And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, everything I just said, listen at this is what Jesus did for you. Jesus offered himself as a living sacrifice. Okay? Holy and he said, God, not my will, but your will. Everything he did was to please God. He wanted to give God the very best that God deserved because he loved God. Now, the reason why I'm pushing in this area is because, remember now, we cannot build the kingdom until we build kingdom people. That makes sense? If you've never worked on an airplane, you can't call yourself an airplane pilot. Right? And so if you're going to build the kingdom, you've got to be kingdom-minded. You've got to be kingdom people yourself. That's what we're talking about in the outline on Wednesdays right now. Okay? equipping God's people for kingdom service or kingdom work. And the first thing you got to understand about being in the kingdom is God has made you so many things. He's called you to be free. He's given you peace. That's a passive all understand. He defends and fights for you, wins every battle. He supplies your every need. Until that can get in our spirit and we live that, we can never build God's kingdom until we actually understand the magnitude of what God has done. We're no longer, no longer slaves to sin. We're slaves to righteousness. When you begin to understand that, it changes your mindset. And remember now, to build kingdom, you've got to have a kingdom mindset. Uh, you'll hear me say that a lot. Just want you to know that. All right. So from God's perspective, your relationship with him is, is based on love is not on rules. All right. It's based on love. And when God does call you to keep growing in holiness, he doesn't reject you. I love this. If you fail to live up to all of the rules, he doesn't reject you. God is patient. And he knows in due time, as you surrender and submit, as you surrender 
and submit to the will of God, God knows over time you'll be everything that he has created you to be. All right? That's how God sees us. And so I love God because I know God loves me and God has my best interests at heart. God wants me to be the very best. Why? Because he is the very best. All right? Remember, God is second to none. So giving God your best means viewing your relationship the way he does. God already has decreed what he expects from you. He says you're a royal priesthood, right? He says you are a holy nation, right? He says you're more than a conqueror, right? He says you are sons of the living father. You have been adopted, grafted into the tree. That's how God views you. The question is, how do you view yourself? Because when you start viewing yourself differently, you'll want to give God everything that God has given unto you and then some. Make sense? So let me say this and then we'll pray. God encourages us, despite our flaws, to live up to your God-ordained potential while forgiving you when you fail. Hallelujah to that. All right. Teaching you valuable lessons. All right. And empowering you to keep going. Even when you fall, there's a lesson you can learn that will help you be better. Remember Romans 8, 28? And we know all things work together for good. Even when you falter, there's a lesson God will have you learn so you'll be better. Why? Because God is always trying to draw the best out of us. Okay. Storms are not designed to defeat you. Storms are designed to grow you. Ever thought about that? All right. So I believe this. You can trust that God has your best interests at heart all the time. Why? Because he loves you completely and unconditionally. Now, if you had somebody that did that, would you not want to give them your very best all the time? All right. I know I would. That's what I'm striving to do now. All right. Let's pray that now. God, our Father, we come now, Father, and as we strive to give you our very best, we know, Father, that in order for us to really understand the magnitude of what that actually means, we must actually look at how you love us. And you loved us so much that you gave your son that we might have a right to the tree of life. Father, you bless us abundantly. You supply our every need. You shield us and protect us, always uh, giving us your very best because that's what you expect from us. And, Father, as we hear the words today, let the words of my mouth um, and the meditation of my heart, uh, Father, be acceptable in your sight. Let, let those words, let this prayer, let, let these words saturate our spirit that we're not just hearers, but we become doers. Let us do better at walking the life that you have called us to live. What a glorious life it is. What a privileged life it is. What a holy life it is. And it's one that we desire because you're righteous, you're holy, we want to be just like you. And in order to do that, as you give us your best, we must strive to give you our best. And so to do that, We've got to look at how you value our relationship. And Father, if we've not done that, we ask for forgiveness now. That we would draw nigh unto you as you would draw nigh unto us. Lord, we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So giving God your best, number one, means uh, it means viewing your relationship with God the way he does. God loves you unconditionally, all right? When somebody does that, you ought to want to give them your best. Here, here's number two. So giving God your best means that, number two, you should focus on the only work God requires of you. I'm going to try to unpack as much as I can real briefly. 
Watch this. Let me see if I can help you. Uh, Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 12. I want you to see it. Philippians 2 and verse number 12. All right. And it says this. It says, where is my beloved? As you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. Listen to Paul. But now much more in my absence. Listen to what he says. All right. In verse 2 and uh, verse 12 and 13. Um, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Watch this. Verse 13 says this. For it is God which worketh in you. Uh, to uh, you both to will and to do his good pleasure. God is working in you, okay? And here's our issue. Sometimes we get so caught up in other stuff that we don't get the work done that God has called us to get done. Listen, all, listen, all that's really necessary for you to do as a Christian, is the work of faith. That's all that's necessary, the work of faith. What has God assigned you to do? All right? Now watch this. Um, what we have to understand is that when we get caught up in other things, the work that God wants to use his power to do through us never gets accomplished. So let me just say this to you. If some of the things you're doing, you're not getting God results, maybe there's no God in them. Maybe there's no God in them. Maybe that's not what God assigned you to do. Because I, I want you to hear the verse again. It says, for God worketh in us. Okay, It says it pleases God. So guess what? As the work pleases God, it ought to please you. Why? Because it is the work that God assigned you to do. All right. The Bible says this, the blessings of the Lord maketh thee rich and addeth no sorrow. I want to take that and play with it for a minute to say when God has given you an assignment and your heart is in the assignment, sometimes it is rough, but you've got a joy as you go through it. Why? Because you know that it was assigned to you and it has the seal and approval of God. Focus only on the work God truly requires of you. Okay? When you do that, I promise you that you'll be giving God your very best. Why? Because God assigned that to you, and God wants to work through you, through miracles, signs, and wonders, to accomplish things you cannot accomplish on your own. You can't do it without God. That's why the Bible says I can do all things through Christ. God made this thing so simple that you can be successful, but it has to be through Christ. So as I give God my best, God begins to work a miracle for me to do things I could not do on my own. So think about this. Has anyone, has anyone ever did something for you, but you could tell by the way they're doing it uh, that they're not giving you their very best? Just a quick question for you to think about. Has anyone ever did something for you, but you know that it's not their very best? How did you feel about that? And then let me ask you the question, how do you think God feels when we don't give him our very best? Just a question to think about. Think about this, all right? Uh, God wants us to do the Christian work of faith, all right, um, which is believing in Jesus and returning, uh, trusting him in every part of your life. So every good work that God leads you to do will flow from the foundation of faith, and only faith is necessary for your salvation. Think about this. While it can seem like faith doesn't involve work, it actually does. 
Because remember now, James chapter 2, verse 26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, James 2, 26, so faith without works is dead also. So what are we trying to get at? That we need to put forth our best foot all the time, every time. Every time I get a chance to serve, I'm giving my very best. Now, let me throw another piece in it. The reason why I say it, because number one, uh, tomorrow's not promise. So I'm going to give God my very best while I have a chance. I'm going to give God my very best because I know God is in it. I'm going to give God my very best because it will, if God says I'm going to be successful, it will not return void. God would not send you on a trip for nothing. Everything he does has a purpose. And so the work that God has assigned you, it has a purpose. But you'll never see the magnitude of it unless you actually give God the very best while you're doing the work. Let's pray that now. God, our Father, we know, Father, that uh, giving you your Uh, giving you uh, our very best means that we should focus more intently on the work that you truly require of us. So give us an ear to hear, show us, guide us to make sure that we're doing the work that you called us to do, making sure that we're not wasting time doing things to please others when it's not our assignment. And so, Father, we implore your spirit to guide us and direct us, to show us that which you called us to do. And then, Father, as we know what you called us to do, instead of complaining and um, having issues, remind us that that which we do, you've called us specifically to do. Nobody can do it better than us. Nobody will get the results that we will get because it is God ordained through us to impact this world. And so, Father, we thank you for the privilege and the honor uh, to ensure that that which we do will transform lives and save souls. Lord, we thank you now. In Jesus' name, we pray and thank God. Amen. All right, giving God your best, all right? Understand, obviously, number one, that giving God your best, it actually means um, viewing your relationship with God the way he does. If you really understood, the Bible says God calls us the apple of his eye. He says he loves us with an everlasting love. All right. When you start going through scriptures and see how God looks at us and views us, it ought to make you want to give God everything that you can. Everything that you can. But then number two, giving God your very best also means to focus only on the work God truly requires of you. Now, let me unpack that just a little bit more. That doesn't mean I can't help other people. That's not what I mean by that. What I'm saying is keep the main thing, the main thing. In other words, God has an assignment on your life. Remember Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you. God's got plans for you. So if God's got plans, he expects you to do that plan. And when you're not doing that plan, the blessings that would come with obedience, they don't flow like they should. I've discovered just through experience, maybe you have, that when you start trying to major in other things, those things don't turn out the way they should. Sometimes you get frustrated. All right? Why? Because you aren't doing what God told you to do. And sometimes it takes that frustration to refocus you on where God wants you to be. All right? But number three, let's understand that giving God your very best means to discover the contentment behind God's commands. Discover the contentment behind God's commands. Now, let me come back to the scripture I just gave you. Jeremiah chapter 29 
and verse number 11. Let me unpack that a little bit so you can get the gist of what I mean by that. Listen at this scripture. For I know the thoughts I think towards you. All right. That's God saying, I got a plan. Now, listen at God's thoughts behind the plan. God says thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. What is God telling us? That if you do what I have commanded you to do, you already know at the end of it, it's going to end up being peaceful, not evil, and to give you an expected end. God has a purpose that's going to bless you and bless those that you work with. That gives me contentment. Okay? When I know that God has a plan, the plan doesn't always mean I'm not going to go through something in the process. We all do. It's called growing and being stretched. Remember that lesson last year, stretching our faith? But the contentment I have, um, and let me give you another scripture real quickly to go with this. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. Because maybe you'll actually get what I'm talking about. He says this. He says, for I know the plans. Uh, he says, I'm sorry. And we know that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. My contentment lies in the fact that whatever God has assigned to me, it's going to work out for the good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. In other words, as I'm doing the work that God has called me to do, my contentment lies in the fact that when I obey God, it's going to work out the, the exact way that God has purposed it to lie. That's the contentment that I get. All right. I'm okay with that. And sometimes, like I said, sometimes when you do things, it does seem challenging. Okay, that's life. So get over that and get on with it, all right? That's just the way life is. But the thing you got to understand is when we're operating in the will of God, God has made us a promise it's going to always work out for our good. That's herein where my peace lies. In other words... I'm not thinking, man, if I do this, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I already know. Why? Because God says he has a plan for me, plans to prosper me, plans give me hope and a future, and that everything I do is going to work out. That's why I got contentment. Okay? No matter how hard it is, I know in the end it's going to work out for my good. And that's why I got this peace and this joy. All right. I think that's critical for everybody to understand. All right. And think about this now. Recognize that God has designed each of his commands uh, to you um, or designed each of his commands to you for your benefit. Everything God has designed for you is for your benefit, not for anybody else. Your blessings are for you. Your assignment is for you. Your faith is for you. Your peace is for you. God has designed it for you. All right? Understand that. All right? God, God protects us. Um, he helps us. Um, regards to what we deal with in this fallen world, at the end of the day, God is working through you to accomplish a greater good. All right? And so when you keep in mind that God has uh, good purposes for your calling, you have to behave in certain ways. All right? See, you can see that God's commands aren't burdens and not blessings when you know God has a purpose for you. God would never ask you to do something he has not designed you to do. So I thank God for the assignment. I thank God that God gives me the privilege to serve him. I thank God that he has promised me that whatever I put my hands on, when I obey his commands, he has promised me that it's going to work out for my good. 
that somebody's life is going to be transformed and changed. So, yes. Can I give an example? It's like a mother or a father. Um, it's like a mother or father who has to go in the kitchen and cook a meal. Got five kids waiting. They're hungry. Some of them are agitated. Some are crying. Have to go in the kitchen, cook a meal. Have to sweat over the stove. Have to put stuff in the oven. All that stuff there. Fry, bake, you name it. All right? Trying to get this meal together. But the mother or father knows that when the meal is done, it's going to feed some mouths. And the mouths are going to be full and happy. Make sense? So I know at the end of the day that sometimes when God commands me to do things, it doesn't, I mean, it, it requires work. It's going to require some, maybe some blood, sweat, and some tears, possibly. But in the end, it's going to serve God's intended purpose. And that's why I have a sense of com contentment. All right? Because I know in the end, it's going to work for the good of other people. So I've discovered that you won't have any problems completing the assignment when you know that God has a purpose behind it. All right? That's what I believe. All right? At the end of the day, you won't have any problems when you do it the way God has told you to do it. There'll be a sense of contentment. Listen, let me say this to you so you get this before I start to pray. Understand this. And I need you to hear this if you don't hear anything else I say. When giving God your very best, listen at this. It is not up to you to worry about the results or the outcome. Let me say that again. When giving God your very best, it is not up to you to worry about the outcome of the event God has assigned. It's not your business. It's God's business. What God wants from you is total obedience. The results are not up to you. Can I help you with that? God says, and I, if I'm lifted, he says, I'll draw. Did you get it? God says, when you lift, I'll draw. God says, when you give your very best, he says, the results are up to me. So my contentment lies in the fact that I'm going to give God my very best, knowing that God's going to get the God results that he wants. Why? Because I've done everything he's asked me to do. That's what giving God your very best is. All right? Let's pray that now. God, our Father, we are thankful again uh, for this privilege as we come now, Father. We know that giving you our very best means to discover the contentment behind your commands. You don't ask us to do things without a purpose in mind. You don't send us places or interact with other people just because we have nothing to do or you have nothing to do. You have a purpose in mind. And my contentment lies in the fact that as you use me, I know that lives are going to be transformed and the kingdom is going to be enlarged and built. It's not up to me to get results, simply up to me to be completely obedient to your will and your way. Help me, Lord, as you speak to me and assign me to do things to always keep in mind. It's not about me. It has never been about me, but always about you. And when I do what you've asked me to do, the results are yours. They're your business. Just enable me to do all that you've asked me to do with every fiber of my being. And that's when you will say, servant, well done. And so, Lord, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let me go back through these three real quickly, which I got one more nugget I want to throw before you, but let me give you these again. Again, the subject today is giving God your very best. I want to keep pushing that because real talk, this is me talking to you. God deserves your very best. Why? 
because God gave you his very best. Let me help you. John 3, 16. All right. So think about this. Giving God your very best means, number one, viewing your relationship the way God does. For God so loved the world that he gave his only. God said, that's how badly I want you. He didn't send an angel or seraphim down here or cherubim. He, didn't, he sent Jesus, the second part of the Trinity, to die for you. That's the very best. God himself died for you. Any questions? <laughs> yeah, I hope you got that. Number two, understand that giving God your best also means to focus on the only work God truly requires of you. What has God told you to do? Now, hear this. I cannot unpack this, but I want you to understand it. Everybody's vision is not your vision. So be careful that the vision that God has given you don't take a back seat to help you or to make you help somebody fulfill theirs. That's not what God has designed. Remember, the scripture says to everything, there's a time and a season. And what that means is you don't know when your time is going to be up. And so whatever the vision is God has given you, it needs to be done quick and in a hurry. Make sense? Focus only on the work that God truly requires of you. That doesn't mean you can't help other people. But keep the main thing, the main thing. All right? That's when you're going to give God your best. Let me throw one more thing at you. How can you, let me give you just an analogy. Let's just say you live on a block um, and you have a lawnmower and you, you're getting ready to cut your grass, but your neighbor says, hey, can you cut my grass? You know, can you cut my grass? I really appreciate So you go cut their grass. You haven't cut yours yet. When you finish cutting theirs, the neighbor next to them said, hey, man, you did a good job. Think you can cut mine? So you go cut that grass. All right? And the neighbor next to that said, man, you did an excellent job. I wonder if you do mine. Well, if you do that, one, two, three, four, five, six people, by the time you get back to your grass, you're going to be so tired that you're not going to give your grass everything that it deserves. When you're so caught up in helping everybody else, when you, when you actually get around to doing what God has called you to do, you may not have the strength, the energy, to do what God has called you. At that point, you're not giving God your best service. You're just giving. But it's not your best. And that's the thing that we have to keep in mind as we go forward. All right? So, number four. I'm sorry, number three. Uh, giving God your best means to discover the contentment behind God's commands. All right? Discover the contentment. I ought to have peace when God gives me something. Now, let me go a step further. I ought to be privileged. I ought, to, I ought to be privileged when God tells me to do something. God Almighty has given me an assignment. And I've got the backing of heaven with me as I do the assignment. What a privilege that is. I know I cannot fail. I know greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I know all of that. So as I do the assignment, I got a sense of peace. This thing is going to be okay because all things work together for the good. So I'm not nervous. I'm content knowing it's going to be God's way. I can't determine the results. It's not even up to me. It's up to God. God just wants me to do the work. All right? And so here's number four. All right. Number four says that giving God the best means to realize the promise of success God has built into his commands. This is a spinoff of number three. Realize the promise of success that God has built into his commands. When God tells you to do something, 
when you give God his very best, realize the success that God has built into what he has told you. Let me see if I can give you a scripture. All right. Romans chapter eight. Uh, verse number 31 and then 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Watch this. What shall we say then to these things? Watch this. If God be for us, who can be against us? When God sends you to do something, he's not just sending you. You have the full weight of heaven with you. If God be with you, who can stand against you? All right. Realize the promise of success that God has built. When God tells you to do something, you are going to be successful. Let me, let me give you another scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 and 58. Watch this now. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. I want you to see verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, there it is, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. In other words, that as I do what God has called me, I'm going to always be successful because God has given me the victory. That's why God wants you to give your very best. Okay. Can I kind of give you an example? I think I got one. Um, sometimes when fighters fight, now listen at this. When fighters fight sometimes, if the person that they're fighting, they don't think is on the same level, they don't put the energy forward. Make sense? And so it doesn't look like a great fight at the end of the day. But when I'm not afraid to fight, I know I'm going to be victorious. I know that I got the strength of the Lord behind me. I'm going to give everything. Matter of fact, the Bible says fight the good fight. Okay? Fight the best fight that you can. So I want to ask you a question. Does God receive your best service? Does he? Every day? All right, because at the end of the day, what is God telling us? God is telling us um, that he makes it practical to fulfill his commands when we simply do what he's called us to do. God has designed everything he's asked us to do to be successful. All right, at the end of the day, we're going to be successful. And that's what gives me a sense of peace that no matter how rough it is and this could be life-threatening just as well I know in the end it's going to work out for my good alright and so what I want to challenge you to understand is and I hope you'll say this with me I cannot fail I'm going to always be successful why? because I'm doing it the way God told me to do it I'm giving it my all and as I give it my all, it is up to God to get the results. Let's pray that now. Father, we come now in the name of Jesus and we're thankful. Father, that uh, today we're focusing on giving you our very best. And we know that giving you our very best means that we are to realize that there is a promise of success that you have built into your commands. Every time you ask us to do something, it's going to always be successful in the end. And so I cannot fail. I cannot lose. Because I know I operate in your spirit. It's up to you to get the results. You just simply ask me to be obedient. So I've got a sense of peace and joy knowing that you've chosen a nobody like me to do kingdom business. And that as I do it, you'll get kingdom results. Father, we thank you again for this message to encourage us to give you our very best because you gave us your very best and because you gave us your very best you expect the very best from us father if we've fallen short intentionally we ask for forgiveness we ask that you would 
um, encourage us uh, to ignite a fire within us to remove all obstacles and go full tilt, giving you all that we can every time we get a chance. And for this cause, we are thankful today as we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, stay tuned. Part number two is coming up. I hope that these nuggets have helped you. They will be in the bulletin. So I hope that you'll get the bulletin. And as always, take those nuggets, use them to teach and help other people. That's the purpose behind them. I hope you've been blessed on today. Like and share, which I know that you're doing. Some of you do it consistently, and God bless you for doing that. But more people need to see. More people need to hear. And more people need to pray. All right? God bless you. That is our prayer. Looking forward to seeing you, Lord willing, on Sunday morning for life development. See you soon.